If you're feeling overwhelmed, even the slightest bit this holiday season, you are not alone. In fact, surveys say that the majority of us are more stressed during the holidays, despite the joyousness of the season. So with that in mind, we have a solution that we think you'll like, holiday snack trays. In today's episode, we're talking with registered dietitian Frances Largeman Roth about her new book, Everyday Snack Trays, and how it can simplify some of your holiday meals and get-togethers. Let's dive in. Okay, so Carolyn, you found some really amazing stats that make me feel so validated about the holiday season. Can yes. You, can you please share these with listeners? And I love because them because I'm, they are like straight from the polls. Like yes, straight. from the American Psychological Association. Yes. And they just came out. Mm-hmm. The American Psychological Association polled Americans adults in November of this mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. and they found that U.S. adults are maybe feeling joyous but they're also very overwhelmed this holiday season in fact nearly nine out of ten U.S. adults 89 percent of U.S. adults say that the holidays cause them stress at this time of year so not only do we do most Americans have some baseline stress to begin with. Correct. But this time of year, we have even more stress. Yes. Yeah. I I wish that it was also then like broken out by um like life status, meaning like are you um do you have children? Do you like, not have yeah. children? Do you have children under 18? Yes. Are, do your children still believe in Santa? Ah, uh, You yeah. know, like, are you single? Are you divorced? You know what I mean? Like, I want yeah. I want the whole picture. Is everybody coming to your house Christmas Day? Yeah. Are you hosting? <laughs> are you going? Are you traveling? Are you staying home? Yeah. Yeah. Or, like, people could check, like, things that would make them feel better or worse. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what – and I really like this poll because I've never seen a poll on holiday stress kind of go this deep and really hit it some stuff that I'm like, yeah. Yes. Like, they are hitting the nail on the head. But what they found is that 43% of U.S. adults say that the stress of the holidays interferes with their ability to enjoy them. And I'm going to say – some people probably weren't being honest here who answered this question. Yeah, I yeah. Think 43% is pretty low. I'm proud of those 43% that admitted it, but I think that's actually probably a little higher if we're being honest with ourselves. Well, or, or to play devil's advocate, um, that is the 43% were all the women. And the rest were men. And the rest were men. And then there was maybe like a small percentage of women that said it didn't interfere with their ability to enjoy them because they probably are either like grown kids or no kids or you know like there's like a small percentage of women but I'm really I'm really thinking that that 43% could have just been women yeah I think I think you're right (laughs) sorry so they the poll then looked at where what those top stressors were during the holiday season yeah and of course you have some of your obvious, um, you know, finances, um, thinking about potential family conflict, um, stress over gift buying, those kind of things. But among the top 10 causes of holiday stress were three that I really just kind of hit home with me. 
Um, 32% say, said that their holiday stress came from having too much to do. Mm-hmm. Now, let's get, this one's even better. 30% said that their holiday stress comes from pressure to feel like they have to make the holidays special. Mm-hmm. Yes, I very much, very much understand that. Mm-hmm. And then 25% said that they had stress around food or alcohol-related issues or concerns, which, you know, could include, you know, alcohol or not, or it could include, like, menu planning, right? hosting people. Yes. You know, just with all this extra stuff on your plate, how do you get... Your people in your house fed, you know? Well, how do you get them fed on the weeknights while you're still going through, like, you know, for me right now, like, end of, you know, and, like, holiday parties at school and keeping up with, you know, the emails and the Venmo requests for teacher Teacher gifts and, you know, planning the holidays and... And decorating the house and like, and all the things. So it's not just like weeknights, but, but then it's also like the holiday meals. Yeah. Like, what are we having on Christmas morning? And like, if I can't even get that far yet. Yeah, exactly. Me neither. I I mentally can't, which is the perfect segue. (laughs) Yes, it is. To our topic today, because I'm so pumped up with, about what Francis is going to share with us. I mean, I love a snack tray, but she has taken it to a whole new level. And when I say a whole new level, I don't want listeners to think like a whole new level of like extravagance. She has taken it to a whole new level of simplifying my life. Yes. And and for people thinking, oh, no, like charcuterie boards stress me out. So if you're thinking like, "Uh, uh, uh, I don't want any fancy, beautiful curated board we're not talking about that guys Mm -hmm. she even says when we interview her we are not talking about charcuterie roses Mm -hmm. there will be none of that there will be no salami roses yes yes but it's still gonna look super cute and it's going to simplify your holidays so much so let me tell you a little about Frances and then we'll bring her own so Frances Largeman Roth is a registered dietitian nutritionist, a New York Times best-selling author, and nationally recognized nutrition and wellness expert. She's the author of Feed the Belly, The Pregnant Mom's Healthy Eating Guide, and Eating in Color, Delicious Healthy Recipes for You and Your Family. She is also the co-author of the best-selling The Carb Lover's Diet, and her, um, her latest book is Everyday Snack Trays, that, and it was just released a few weeks ago. Frances is the contributor to several publications, including Today.com, Parents, Parade, and Shape. She has appeared on numerous national TV shows, including The Today Show, The Dr. Oz Show, The Rachel Ray Show, Good Morning America, Access Hollywood Live, QVC, and CNN. So, with that being said, welcome to the show, Francis. Thank you so much. Francis, I am so excited to have you. I'm so excited to talk about this topic, but also I am really excited that we finally made this come to fruition because we started talking about this months ago. Oh, yes. Yes, we did, Briarly. I am thrilled to be here. <laughs> and I am so excited for how you're going to show us how we can simplify our holidays. I'm really excited yes. about this. It is it is going to be great. So 
tell us tell us what brought you to even write this cookbook okay so the book is everyday snack tray and you know honestly it started with it started out of desperation when my kids were little they weren't eating huge amounts of things I would save them and what I realized was when I would put them out in little bowls or little ramekins they would eat a lot more of the food and it was like oh okay because little kids as I'm sure you've learned um, if you pile a plate full of food it's extremely overwhelming for them Mm -hmm. and it's honestly a turnoff which is counterintuitive for adults because adults generally like to see a big old plate of food Um, And so I just started serving food like that uh, in that style more often. And and that morphed into doing it for fun instead of out of desperation and putting snack trays together for movie night or, you know, a football game, that sort of thing. And then my kids started asking for them for their birthdays and things like that. I started getting a little bit more creative, um, doing more themed snack trays and boards, and then some friends started saying, you know, why, why isn't this your next book idea? Because of course I was posting on Instagram and, um, it kind of just sort of, um, segued or happened at the same time as the big boom in people doing charcuterie boards. That's not really my thing. I'm not a salami rose kind of person, (laughs) but I, But I do like to make things look pretty. And so, yeah, that was that resulted in everyday snack tray, which I am I'm really thrilled with the response so far. Oh, I'll hold I'll hold that up again. Um, And it is a collection of snack trays that I had been making new ideas it's organized by the seasons so you know of course we're in the we're in the winter season now so I've got a lot of ideas for the holidays yes okay well I have to say I am also not a salami rose person Mm -mm. but I would actually like someone to teach me how to do it so that one day I could do it to just really shock the pants off of the people that came to my house because I just yeah. kind of like put it out there as like in a fan or I like take the prosciutto and like squish it up so that it looks like it's like, you know, doing something. It's not just like limp, <laughs> a limp sheet on my sheet pan. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so what is your favorite thing to put on one of your boards for your kids and why? Oh, I mean, look, I love to add color with fruit because it really draws them in, whether it's, you know, a dragon fruit mini smoothie or whether it's fresh pomegranate seeds or whether it's a blood orange. You know, I have just found that if I integrate something like that into a board, which also has other things, you know, maybe some cookies, some chips, some gummies, some, you know, other dips and things like that, they're just more likely to try it. Yes. And 
And it's all about, we know as dietitians, it's all about exposure, right? But I think also what the snack tray does is it removes the expectation that somebody has to eat something. So it turns into more of an exploration of, oh, okay, this looks interesting. Maybe I'll try it. So that's, there, there's so many elements to them, and uh, and obviously we're going to talk about the stress-free part of them. But for me, it's also, it's a very low, you, you don't expect people to eat, you know, an entire snack tray. And it just lets them do the exploring and, and lets them have their own adventure. That was something that you said to me when we first started talking about this idea of doing like a snack tray or, or boards. Um, and before we really landed on like it as a as a great solution to holiday stress, I remember you said to me, you said um, that you will put all the things you will put like the quote unquote healthy stuff on there. You will put the quote unquote unhealthy stuff on there. And I it I felt so validated because. I have one child who eats a fair amount of things. I have another who is very picky and who loves sweets. And it took me many years to realize that if I put the sweets out there first or with all the other things, it doesn't mean she won't eat the healthy stuff, but she will dive into that first. Um, And so it totally changed my approach to how I, you know, my rule, my rules, I'm doing air quotes here for listeners, like mm-hmm. my rules around food for my kids. But it also made things like a snack tray, it just, it simplified even, I mean, sorry to steal your words, it simplified everyday meals for my family, yeah. you know? Um, so I, you know, I think that, and I agree with you too, like I have seen great success with introducing fruits and vegetables that are unique or ab- let's say like ab- out of the ordinary for my kids, like a pomegranate, like um, even, I mean, I think that that was one of the ways that we really got my kids into mango. Mm. Um, those really cute little um, like halo yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Mandarins. Um, mandarins. Thank you. Um you know, we don't eat those regularly. I can put them on the counter. My kids don't really touch them. But if I do a little bit of peeling and I put them on a snack tray, they eat them. Um, But all of this is a very verbose way of saying that, like, because a snack tray is such a low lift, that I am inspired to try foods that might take a little bit more effort for me to either think about or, you know, prep. Um, that's a great point to put on the on the thing because if I'm putting like leftover ravioli or like leftover cold tortellini on that tray which I do and potato chips Mm -hmm. which I do I will take the time to peel the halos for my kids instead of being like here you peel it yourself you know so yeah and it allow you know as you were saying if you're trying to introduce a new food generally we think a recipe, right? Yes. Integrate it into a recipe. And some days there's just no time for that. The last two weeks for me have been like sprinting, sprinting, sprinting all day long. And uh, the idea of cutting something up and then having to put it into a recipe where I'm also cutting up other things is like, no, I'm sorry. Like, 
what what what's my easiest route to delivery so <laughs> yes, yes i think a snack tray because you have other elements on there uh you know you can make it as dressed up or as dressed down as you want it really really takes the stress out of it for me yes totally agree yeah so should we dive into the holiday talk i think so let's yeah, let's dive into it. Francis, you have a couple of holiday trays, but there was one that jumped out to me when I first opened your book, and it's the Holiday Morning Platter. Can you tell yes. us a little about it? What's on it? How how you make it? What you include? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I am going to send you a beautiful picture of it, but you can kind of see it right there. And the concept of this was I wanted to just chill out on a holiday morning and be with the family and not be in the kitchen while everybody else was out in the living room, opening presents, sitting by the fire, whatever, whatever they're doing. Um, so the concept of this is that well, the concept of all the trays in this book is that you make one thing, one thing, everything else is store-bought maybe you are then going to cut it into a shape or, you know, do something to it, but it's from the store. You do not have to make it from scratch. So the one thing that you make from scratch on this holiday morning platter is the peppermint whipped cream. That's so it? It is. That's it. That's it. That. Oh my gosh. I could do that. <laughs> you can totally do that. And I even, I taught my son Leo how to make whipped cream the other day. And he was like, oh my gosh, mom, this is so easy. And I'm like, it is unless it's summertime. In Birmingham, but yeah. uh, that's a know, great thing to everything showcase. has to be mm -hmm. to get them doing. Yeah, yeah, it's so it's so easy, and so you you make your peppermint whipped cream, that's amazing, and coffee, and then you just microwave some mini uh, mini pancakes, which you can get anywhere. Um, you can toast up some waffles. These happen to have a little tree on them. If you want to t make the effort to make them with a little, um, you know, tree-shaped iron, go for it. Totally up to you. You make some turkey bacon, and then you take a pomegranate, and you either buy the seeds, you know, the arils. Um, you can get those at this time of year because they're in season now. Or you take your pomegranate, and what I learned recently because I got to go into the pomegranate orchard and this is how the, the people who work in the orchard do it is you take a knife, a paring knife and you cut off the crown and then you just um, score the outside in four places. And then once the top is off, you break it into four quarters. And so Ooh. then you can just take one of those quarters and yes, there's still the, um, the, the white, the pith inside, which you have to remove, but you basically can then put it on a plate, eat it like an orange, and uh, it makes it much easier because the other method is to put it underwater mm -hmm. and to take all the arils out underwater, which also works, but it is time consuming. So again, if we're looking for quick and easy solutions, that is my tip. Um, so then you take those arils, the seeds, sprinkle them all over um the waffles and the pancakes, and then you come in with the powdered sugar 
and sprinkle that all over the top. It looks like a winter wonderland. You put some berries on the side and you have a platter and everybody sits and eats. You don't even need to have um, plates if you don't want to. <clears throat> That's it. That's oh my brilliant. gosh. Wait, wait, wait. Now tell me, what did you do <clears throat> with the peppermint um I wanted to call it frosting. Whipped cream. Whipped cream. I'm like, it's not frosting. <laughs> what do you do with the peppermint whipped cream? Do you put that in a bowl? Yes. And then people That's can, in like, bowl. dip into it if they want to? Yeah, they can dip into it with their, <clears throat> excuse me, mini pancake. Mm. Or they can, like I was saying, you know, it's great in coffee. So, I mean, oh. of course, you put little spoons in things. You yeah, don't yeah. make people, you know, eat like savages. But... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, you can, if it, if you want to put it on a waffle, it goes on a waffle. If you'd rather put it on top of your hot chocolate, you can use it for that too. Oh my gosh. I know. I think I'm doing this. This is amazing. Now I have to say, I do want to go back to the pomegranate thing for a hot minute because um, first of all, I did not know that, to, that, that approach to doing it, which I love. I always do the water method because the other method I learned was cut it in half and bang it with a wooden spoon. And oftentimes, oh. yeah, oftentimes I end up with a lot of pomegranate juice sprayed all over my white kitchen counters. Also, design fail. But um, my kids absolutely love pomegranate arils, like love them. And I will often buy them already taken apart. But at the holidays, I don't because those containers of arils don't last enough days. And so when I'm like prepping in advance for the holidays, one of those like whole pomegranates, I mean, they last for a while. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. And this year they have a bumper crop because California got so much rain this year. So, oh. again, you know, the if you're getting one at the store now, it's going to be from California and um, you can you can keep it for, you know, like I'd say about 10 days in your fridge, but definitely enjoy them now. If you see them, buy them. If you see them on sale, buy more than one <laughs> Yeah, because they won't be around for that long. Yeah. yeah. Well, and especially like you talked about putting berries on the side, which I mean, we eat a lot of berries in our house. But this time of year, that is a much more um, affordable choice than berries. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, go with what's in season. And uh, and you can, you know, it doesn't have to just be for this holiday morning platter. You can sprinkle the pomegranate arils on everything, like put them over hummus, put them put them wherever you want, wherever you need that little pop of red. Mm -hmm. oh, I love that. I do too. And I don't think pomegranate is something a lot of people naturally think of. I think partly because people don't know what to do with it. So yes. I'm so excited to try this new method. Yes. Of cutting it, because that really simplifies. Yeah. When you do it, I think you it's should a game changer it for the listeners. I was just thinking that, but I was thinking I'd get a video of you doing it. Oh, of me doing it? That's <laughs> fine. You can get a video of me doing it. We'll do that this weekend. Yes. That would yes. actually be quite fun. Yes. Um, okay. Maybe we'll make our own holiday breakfast platter. That would be great. We might be having to spend the night party this weekend. <laughs> yes. Please take photos. Take yes. videos. We will. Um. Uh, okay. So the idea of a breakfast plat platter blows my mind. It's not usually my approach to like snack tray style stuff. So 
And I know you have a lot of other ideas. So if if listeners are like, oh my gosh, I always make my egg casserole on Christmas morning, like, mm-hmm. but I want to employ this in my you know holiday traditions now, like, talk to us about some other holiday tray ideas you have. Yeah. Okay. Well, it happens to be Hanukkah right now. Yes. So happy Hanukkah. We'll talk. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Tonight will be the second night. So. I really do love, and I have to say that my locket tray has been getting a lot of love on social the last week or so, which, of course, I'm thrilled with. Um, So, yeah, generally, traditionally, you would make your potato latkes, then you would put them on on a plate out with a bowl of sour cream and a bowl of applesauce. And so some people are team applesauce, some people are team sour cream. And I said, well, why don't we just, like, hello, let's just blow this out and do a bunch of toppings. It doesn't have to be um, this either-or situation. And if you think about it, a latka is really just, it's potato and onion and fried in oil. So what is that like? It's like a hash brown. Yeah. Yes. Or, or think of it like a French fry, right? So what are the things that you might be putting on a French fry? Well, ketchup, maybe spicy ketchup. Um, you know, you can really just go wild in this department. So I put a tray together with, um, red onion and then I've got lemon and lox and, uh, hummus because I love it. Cucumber, papers, you know, and, and of course still keeping the, um, the sour cream and the applesauce, but I also really like creme fraiche because creme fraiche is like the more like, uh, I don't know, like refined, like the rich cousin of, uh, of sour cream. And it just is so delicious. So, you know, I'm sure other people would do other things. Like maybe you want to put out some everything bagel seasoning Mm. and have that as something that you could sprinkle on top. Um, and again, you do not have to be Jewish to like latkes or to make latkes. Um, this is actually, you know, this whole potato pancake thing exists in other cultures as well. And, uh, it's just sort of popularized, I think by, by Hanukkah, because oil is such a big part of olive oil is such a big part of the holiday. Yeah. Okay. So that did not look like, I know you, you said that latkes are hash browns. It did not look like you went through the McDonald's drive through to pick up extra hash browns for that. <laughs> so what I want to know is, is that the one thing that you make on the tray? Yes. Okay. And do tell me, do you, do you always shred the potatoes yourself and put them together? I do. Okay. I do. Do you have any suggestions for those of us who are lazier than that? <laughs> Well, there is Trader Joe's, and Trader Joe's does make um, frozen latkes. What? Which I hear, which I hear, are pretty good. We will try them out for you, or I will at least try them. I don't know. Do you do you like potatoes? I feel like I've never Uh, seen you eat a potato. What? Yeah, I love potatoes. Okay. All right. So I've got Carolyn on board with me. (laughs) Well, if Trader Joe's, I don't have a Trader Joe's in my town. Um, Could you use the like um, refrigerated? shredded potatoes like the ha- those have you ever tried I've those I've never used I've never used those here's the deal my mother who was not she was raised in Germany not raised Jewish but then converted when she married my dad 
but her whole thing was that you must hand grate them because if you use a food processor, her belief was that they get overly processed and then when you fry them, they become very dense and like a hockey puck. Oh. So as opposed to light and airy, even though they're being fried in oil. So um, I think it's about the shreds. So maybe those, maybe those shreds would work. The other thing is because you also grate the, uh, the onion, the onion kind of just like melts in and does flavor them, but it's mm. not a very heavy, heavy onion flavor. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's really like such simple ingredients, the potato, the onion, salt and pepper, and an egg. So her thing was also no no flour oh. to bind them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that also makes them heavier. So, you know, everybody has their own technique. I'm sure that there are people out there using their food processor, making delicious latkes, but that's just not how, you know, that that's not the tradition that I was uh, raised with. And so kind of like in my mother's honor, because she passed away years ago, this is how I make them. And I don't mind doing the hand grading because it's a once a year thing. Yes. All right. I, I like it. Mm hmm. Cool. I still am going to try the Trader Joe's ones, though. Just saying. Try them. Yes. I'll, I'll report back. <laughs> I think we could do this, Tracy. I think we can. The other thing that I that I discovered, guys, is I always thought, like, it had to be fresh out of the pan and then serve them immediately or else, you know, it's going to be a big failure. Yeah. No. You can make them an hour in, in advance and then just reheat them in the oven. Okay. Ah. Good. Even better. Because something that has to come like fried straight out of the pan and onto the plate, it is a little stressful. Like I equate it to like trying to make like eggs Benedict, you know, it's like there, there's only, you know, it's like you're, you're eating one at a time basically, unless you have like a industrial sized kitchen. Right. So, yeah. Oh my okay. gosh. You've got one more holiday platter to share with us. And I, yes. One is really so, so, so easy and kind of is more of the indulgence. This is the um, holiday cookie platter. So this is more of the concept of your friends are coming over. Everybody's bringing a cookie that they made. So you end up with, you know, a sugar cookie and somebody makes, you know, um, I don't know, uh, a peanut butter blossom cookie. And the recipe on this tray happens to be my ginger molasses cookies, which I love, 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 love. Yes. I have the dough in the fridge right now. I've had it in there for a week. Have I gotten to make the cookies yet? No. No. (laughs) Um, But also you probably have a holiday bark in the house or maybe somebody sent it to you. You probably Mm -hmm. have some candy canes around the house. And again, we were talking earlier about some mandarins. That's another thing that, that... people tend to have um, around wintertime and you throw it onto a platter and suddenly you have something that feels like a party. So again, you only had to make one thing, but now you have something very festive that you can share. So I do love that. I love this. This is great. And this seems so much (laughs) easier to me than a charcuterie board. Oh, Charcuterie boards overwhelm me a little, I think, because I am a little type A. Um, but this feels very, very doable and not something I would get hung up on, like with the presentation. Yes. Yeah. And just think about it. Like if I had to do a three course meal for six, for six guests, 
I would start to sweat about a week beforehand and I would be like, oh my God, what am I making? How am I going to get it all on the table in Mm -hmm. time? Um, Do I have enough room in my oven to make everything? Uh, I've got to set the table. Like it becomes a whole thing and not, not to say that like you shouldn't have a dinner party with a traditional dinner, but it is a lot more work to me than putting a tray together, which you know what people might enjoy just as much. Yes. Very true. I would say that I had an instance, it was for a football game earlier this, this in the fall where it was kind of a last minute gathering. And, um, I was, I had food to eat, like didn't like a dinner or an early light dinner plan. And I was like, Oh, I don't want them to just show up and there'd be nothing to eat. So, um, I pulled out one of my, I call them like my fancy cookie sheets or baking sheets, which I don't actually ever use them for anything else except for building snack trays. Like, and I invested in two of them. That's smart. About four or five years ago. And like I said, I, I only use them for like this purpose, but it's great. And then I literally went through like what I had in my kitchen and my pantry, like cheese, chips, olives, whatever. Anyway, and I just like put it all together and I put some little bowls, which I know we've talked about, Francis. Like I put some little stuff in little bowls, like some nuts here. Mm. And then like I had a big thing of grapes because, you know, they were very much in season. And mm-hmm. everybody showed up. And this one couple that hadn't really spent a bunch of time over at our house before, she was like, wow, I mean, I brought some stuff, but I didn't make it look like this. And I looked at her and I was like, I'm telling you, this this took me 10 minutes. <laughs> 10 minutes. And the only reason that it looks fancy to you is because of the way I presented it. But if you look at all of these items, not a thing was made. And you really just cleaned out your refrigerator and, and I pantry. really cleaned out my refrigerator <laughs> and my pantry. No yeah. joke. I mean, everything was fresh. Don't get me wrong. Like, in terms of, like, it wasn't, like, going bad. But, yeah. You know, it was, like, just, it, it was a clean-out thing. Um, yeah. So I really do think I that love to hear that when you reframe it that way. Um, yeah. You know, some really nice cookie sheets are a great idea. And you can I got some really cute colored ones at Home Goods a yes. couple of years ago. And I like them partly because they have a rim. They have the yes, rim they around have the edge. Which same. Holds stuff. Owned, it's nice and deep. And it doesn't look like your typical cookie sheet. You right. Know, it looks like a very pretty platter. Yeah, mine are colored like a light blue kind of teal. And they, same yeah. thing. They have that deep, yeah. you know, they have that, that nice rim on them. So it holds everything in place. Um, and they can go in a dishwasher. They can go. <laughs> I learned this about Carolyn just yesterday, which is hilarious. I did not know that Carolyn really hates to hand wash things. She really likes to put things in the dishwasher. Why do you have a dishwasher if you don't I, I because I put plenty of things in there, but I still yeah. I have a love of hand washing some things. Okay, you know it's just really yeah, <laughs> I know I do. It's weird. It's weird. Well, I suppose it it can be meditative. You know there there are things there are household <laughs> tasks that I suppose I like more than others. I like to steam. I like to steam oh. clothing. Oh, you are so more than welcome to come visit me at any time. <laughs> I do not like to iron. I, I prefer but neither. But steaming, I will do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, there's one more thing 
that I want to talk about when it comes to the holidays and how people could utilize boards. Um, yeah. And we didn't talk about this in advance, but I know that you're going to do just great, Frances. <laughs> so um, you and I talked about this a while ago. So I think that one of the other underutilized options when it comes to these snack trays is when it is a busy week and it is a busy weeknight and you are really struggling to figure out what the heck to feed your family. A snack tray is a really great choice. And yes. I can share some of the things I put on on mine, but like do you ever make snack trays for dinner for your family? And if so, like what are some of your go-to items? Yeah, well, I mean, taco night to me is is a perfect opportunity. Obviously, you can just do tacos and maybe have everybody come into the kitchen and and put their plate together. But I also like to do it as a tray because, again, maybe one of my kids is actually going to try something new. Maybe the one who only likes meat, <laughs> the youngest one, maybe she'll actually try the beans this time. Um, so that is a fun way to do to take a meal that's already pretty low lift and to just like get get it all consolidated. Because that's the other thing that I mm -hmm. like about trays. It is consolidated. So even if everything spills on that tray. All I have to do is wipe it up. Um, I also use parchment a lot to line the trays. Oh. And that, especially if you're going to use a wooden one, maybe you don't want to get it spilled on. Um, so, yeah, so it encourages you to do more than just like cheese and salsa. You can also dice up some avocado. You can even buy diced avocado now. So there's so many, so many great convenience mm -hmm. items that, can kind of help you round out a tray, but also there is, there is a, a homemade salsa in here to put on your taco night tray, some shredded cabbage, things like that. But I, I, but I hear what you're saying. You're talking about like the, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. So something that I do is I take pizza that we um, had on Friday night and maybe now it's Sunday night and I reheat it and but I cut it into bite-sized pieces yes I've done that yes yes so and then cucumber cut into spears um I have like a half of a wedge of cheese so I'm gonna slice that up use it because if you don't use it you know what happens it dries out and then you're throwing away very expensive very good cheese. Yes. Um, that's a gr another time to incorporate a fruit. So whatever fruit you have on hand, put it, you know, uh, present it in a way that's easy for your family to eat. Maybe you have some leftover garlic bread. Again, cut it up into pieces. It looks like you have more abundance. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's another trick that I use in a tray called neighbors are coming <sighs> when, you know, you told people in passing, Hey, stop by anytime. And then they tell you, Hey, we're stopping by because you know, we have time today. So we're going to stop by. So all these tricks, the, the frozen pizza that you pop in the, you know, cutting things into small pieces. So it looks like more, those are all tips. Yes. that uh that you're gonna find in the tray but you can do you know you've got a leftover chicken breast cut it into pieces maybe even put toothpicks in it so it's easier for people to grab you can really put anything on a snack tray because there are no rules yes that's true and the other thing i think i've uh that i have tried out a few times 
only out of sheer desperation and found out that it actually works is that it doesn't all have to go together. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Like you can do some pizza and then you can do some leftover steak and then you can do some um, olive, you know, like those things you wouldn't necessarily put on a plate to eat together, but somehow on a snack tray, it works. It works. Yeah, I mean, if you think of tapas, that doesn't always all go, you know, the elements don't always all go together in terms of you're not necessarily building something to eat all together. So I think it's it's great for people who love variety, like me. It's great for people who um, don't have huge appetites sometimes, uh, which is why it's great for kids. But, yeah. you know, it works for everybody. And... To me, this is just like, a, you know, girl dinner was like a just an offshoot of snack trays for me. And I don't love that it's called girl dinner, but girl dinner sounds way better than woman dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah true. Good point. <laughs> so that's just another way to do a snack tray, but it's for one person, right? So, yes. you know, I, I feel like people can take from this book what they want um, whether that's to feed their families, whether that's to get more variety, you know, so whether that's to use food up so many different ways to use a snack tray. Yeah. And I think, too, if you're already doing snack trays in your in your sphere, the cool part about your book is that you have given some like really creative and unique ideas to like shake it up or to add something you might not have thought of. I mean, I'm thinking about the things that you just taught me in this conversation and then yeah, and I'm, this is already a habit that I have, but just usually, literally, for dinner. And now I have all these new ways to try it out. Yeah. I'm oh, yeah, you up. too. Good. I'm excited. I love it when Carolyn gets fired up. If she's fired up, you you know you're going to see a snack tray that she did on social media. <laughs> mm -hmm. I promise you. Woo! I, I can't wait to see it. Yeah. I cannot wait to see it. And I can't wait to see you guys cut up your pomegranate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got to do that. Yeah. Yes. Can't you cannot that. forget about that. Awesome. Um, well, Francis, tell people where they can get your new book, Everyday Snack Trays. Of course, we will link that in the show notes as well. But, but tell them where they can find out more, purchase it. Absolutely. Well, you can go to my website, FrancisLargemanRoth.com, and find different places to order it there. But obviously, the easiest is to go to Amazon and order it there or Target or Walmart and um, and I hope you guys enjoy it, and I, I hope that your listeners enjoy it as well. Awesome. This is awesome. Thank you, Francis. I hope you have a really happy holidays. Thank you so much. Happy holidays, guys. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for the Happy Eating Podcast. I'm Briarly Horton. And I'm Carolyn Williams. If you liked this week's episode, then don't forget to rate and leave us a review on iTunes and be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll never miss a new episode. We can't wait to have you back at our table next week for a brand new episode. Bye. Bye. The contents discussed in the Happy Eating Podcast, such as advice, studies, text, graphics, images, and other material discussed or presented on the site or podcast are for informational purposes only. Content is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified health providers with any questions you may have regarding your condition. 
Never disregard professional advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on the Happy Eating Podcast. If you are in crisis or think you may have an emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. If you're having suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK, that's 8255, to talk to a skilled, trained counselor at the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. If you are located outside the United States, call your local emergency line immediately.